1: Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. Last week, I brought you part one of Gannon Stouck's disappearance. And today, I am bringing you the tragic conclusion of this young boy's story. I highly recommend you listen to part one before listening today. As I mentioned last week, this case has not been adjudicated in a court of law. And with that said, all suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Trigger warning, this case involves violence towards children and the death of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Join me today as I bring you the conclusion of the tragic story of Gannon Stouck. Now, let's dig in. My sources for this episode are identical to the sources I used in Part 1. I relied on a 32-page arrest affidavit and other court filings, as well as press releases by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office and reporting by KRDO, KDVR, Fox 31 Denver, ABC 15 News, Fox 21 News, KOAA, Sun News, The Billings Gazette, The Daily Mail, and The Associated Press. Last time I left off, Letitia Stouck seemingly fled to Florida and the police back in Colorado Springs were forensically searching her Volkswagen Tiguan. Well, when they searched the Volkswagen, they found blood. Specifically, they found traces of blood on the back of the car, on the back seat, front seat and on an area near the glove box. By this point, police were well aware that Letitia had rented the vehicle, which she had used to pick Al up from the airport. And thankfully, when they went to the rental place, no one else had rented the vehicle in the meantime. Detectives seized the Kia and searched it, but it didn't reveal anything useful for the investigation. By February 4th, Letitia and Harley arrived in Pensacola, Florida for a short stay. Letitia rented a hotel room, but didn't stay long before heading to South Carolina. By February 5th, Gannon had been missing for just over a week. And his disappearance had made national headlines. His family, including his mom Landon, his father Al, and sister Lena, made a public plea. And I'm gonna share it with you here.
2: My G Man, my Gannon. Gannon's my hero. I love him so much. He's not only my hero, he has multiple people that call him his hero as well. He has so many family members that just look up to him at such a small age. He's full of life. He's happy. He's energetic. He loves sports. He loves Sonic. He loves going outside playing with his friends, his sister, his neighbor, especially Braden. Um, this neighborhood basically gives you a true example of who my son is. Everybody coming together, all the smiles that people have. This is why I have hope because I feel it. This is getting truly speaking to our community. Gannon is he loves blue, he loves Sonic. He's into coding. He loves riding his bicycle with his sister, and I know that he's missing that right now. He holds his job as being big bubba very important, and for him not to be able to talk to his sisters has to be hurting him. This week has been awful. It's been more than a roller coaster ride. It's been more than emotional mess. I don't even have answers for my feelings other than I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I will never hear his voice, that I'll never hear him run and say, mommy, that I'll never hear those corny jokes that he always tell every single day. He has to tell me a joke. He looks forward to telling me something silly. And I'm afraid that I may never see that again or hear it. I don't want to believe that. Because that means that I'm giving up hope and I'm not giving up hope because my son is full of hope. So I'm urging anyone that has any leads, credible leads, if you're too afraid because you know something. But a kid just doesn't disappear and no one sees him. That's, doesn't, it's not how this works. So if you have anything that's credible, if you're afraid, don't worry about it. Imagine my son, how afraid he is. Imagine how afraid Gannon is. So please call Please write. If you need to have someone else to do it for you, please do, because my son deserves to be here. He deserves to be here. Please call El Paso Sheriff's County and let them know. And I thank you guys, the community, for what you've done, because this is Gannon. This is who he is, and I thank you guys so much.
0: When Gannon was born, he weighed only one pound and six ounces, and even today, he's still our miracle child. He still is, and he's such a happy child, and he, he just brings life to every party. He, His smile, even today, is keeping us going. His infectious smile brings me joy every time I think about it. The past eight days have been, as Landon said, a roller coaster of emotions. Sometimes we jump in for joy because we get an information that we might think is a break in the case, and... And then the next minute, we get in for, you know we see something or get information that just breaks our heart into a million pieces again. But through all this, just know that your thoughts and your prayers and your messages keep them coming because even if we don't respond, we are receiving them, and that has given us strength to get through this. And I do want to say I'm so proud of, of Lena, my little baby girl here, and of Landon, you know my children's mother, they've been so strong through this, stronger than I would have ever thought that I that I could have ever been, and I'm getting straight from them as well. As I said, please keep sending your thoughts and your prayers, because we are receiving them. And if you have any information, any information at all that could help, please reach out to the El Paso County Sheriff's Office with only credible information, but any information that you think may help. Thank you so much. Your turn, baby.
1: Now, I don't know if you heard that last little bit, but that was Gannon's little sister telling Gannon how much she loves him. Well, a week went by and the Internet was going crazy with their theories of what was going on. The neighbor released the video footage of Letitia and Gannon leaving and it looking like Letitia returned alone. And by the way, Letitia was a media hog and she had all the reporters and journalists on speed dial practically. And she was giving statements left and right. But let me read you this one, quote, exclusive statement to Fox 31, end quote. This is a lengthy one, so let me read it verbatim so I don't get anything twisted. First and foremost, I would like to thank all agencies and volunteers and community members who are working diligently and praying endlessly to bring Gannon home safe. Thank you to my husband who has stayed strong through this and protected our family to the best of his ability and our immediate and extended family members throughout the East Coast. To Gannon, please come home soon because your daddy is waiting to watch the new Sonic movie that comes out this week and the cool shirt I got you to wear to the theater is in your closet. Social media has been devastating from the harsh comments, speculations, threats, cyberbullying, etc. It has been a challenge when people are trying to run you off the road waiting outside your hotel, threatening to kill you, etc. I encourage the sheriff's office to take down those pages that promote negative behavior and violence. Let's do what Gannon would do. Be kind to one another. We all have engaged in some crazy online at some point, but Gannon would want everyone to get along and to focus on finding him. I know that many people have kids and are invested in this case because it hits close to home for them. I would like to think that overall, most people are genuine and want to do everything in their power to find G. With that being said, please take a step back for a moment and let me explain to you a few details that were not released. For example, just like the video that was leaked, there are additional details that were hidden due to one, the department doing its job two, the effects of social media and how some individuals will criticize or hinder the investigation. I chose to listen. I didn't leak videos or information, but at this time, it's getting later in the process and we just want Gannon home. I feel the need to fill in some gaps. Now, let me stress this. Police have known this since the first interview. Saturday night, G was helping me unload in the garage and cut his foot because there are a lot of tools because Albert does woodworking. He sat on the edge of the car and we bandaged it up. He was good to go. He always loves helping his dad in the garage build things like his Lego tables and the flower pot they built for me as a gift. After this, I noticed G kept going to the side of the house. He told me he was checking to see if the gate was locked because he was the only one with the gate key. It made him proud to be the man of the house while Albert was away. Fast forward, we did a hike on Sunday, cleared, and shopping on Monday, cleared as well for him getting out on the other side. Please don't think for a second that there isn't enough of technology to determine shadows and movement around the truck. There was also proof from my phone that we had taken a selfie in the truck in our driveway that was time stamped. We always send pictures to Albert when we are out and about or when he is away. That can be scanned for actual time verification. Last from day one, the sheriff's office has known a description of the person or friend whom Gannon left with. I explained to them and provided evidence. They had information about G having the key to go out the side gate. Last, they have more in-depth details that go along with this pointing to who sent the person or why he may have come. Again, I repeat, they have had this initially and I was asked to keep quiet about it so they could have the best shot at doing their job and bringing G home. The last thing they needed was a hindrance to their investigation. I encourage you to think of any suspicious cars that may have been in the area watching a few days prior and keep praying for G. Tisha Stouck, quote. By February 12th, authorities who were working their rumps off, retrieving evidence, reviewing phone logs. Well, they finally had a chance to review that GPS info from Letitia's Volkswagen. And they realized that the day after Gannon went missing, Letitia spent an inordinate amount of time in the middle of nowhere near Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road. They began to wonder if Gannon is in that area. For days, a search crew combed through a 35-acre area near Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road. It wasn't an easy search either because the ground was covered with 6 to 12 inches of snow and the area was known to inhabit bears, coyotes, and even mountain lions. Investigators feared that if Gannon's body had been dumped in that area, The animals may have gotten to him. While the search seemed to be going nowhere, searchers did find something that connected Gannon to this area. They found a piece of particle board with a smear of blood on it. When that blood was later tested, it was a match to Gannon. So while they didn't find anything else that we know of, police knew that they were onto something and they knew that Letitia was definitely involved. By mid-February, authorities received permission from Al to record all of his calls if and when Letitia called. And what do you know? Letitia did call. As written in the arrest affidavit, on February 13th, Letitia and Al spoke and Letitia started explaining to Al how blood could have gotten on the wall in Gannon's room. Blood on the wall? Well, that was a fact that hadn't been revealed to the media at all. This, of course, was making Letitia look more and more guilty. The following day, Valentine's Day, 2020, Letitia called Al again. And this time she gave him, no kidding, four different versions of events. Fair warning, these stories go from bizarre to bizarre to bizarre. So hang in there. Story number one. When the police officers arrived at her house after 9 p.m. to take her statement, Letitia said that the abductor was still in the home. She tried to signal to the cops that there was someone in the residence but they weren't catching what she was saying. Lie. Story number two. Letitia said she was raped by a guy named Quincy Brown. And Quincy Brown was the man who abducted Gannon. She knew that the perpetrator's name was Quincy Brown because during the attack, his ID fell out of his pocket and she saw it. Letitia was so sure that Quincy Brown was the perpetrator that she sent out a picture of Quincy Brown via text message. Now break, break. According to the affidavit, investigators realized that on February 10th, days before this conversation between Letitia and Al took place, a man named Quincy Brown was listed on the El Paso County's Most Wanted list. Quincy was wanted on outstanding warrants for failure to register as a sex offender and failure to appear. And wait for it, the picture that Al got from Letitia of this Quincy Brown? Well, she got it online from the Most Wanted list. All right, let's talk about story number three. Letitia told Al that Quincy followed her from Petco and at some point was laying in the middle of the road in front of her car. When she stopped the vehicle in order to not run this man over, he popped up from the middle of the road, forced himself into her car and made her take him home. And then he raped her. End story number four. Letitia and Gannon were near County Line Road Highway 105 in northern El Paso County. Gannon was riding a bicycle in the middle of nowhere and then fell off and hit his head. And then she watched as Quincy Brown abducted Gannon. In this version of events, Quincy Brown was a passenger in a car driven by a man named Terrence. Ugh! if your head hurts, same. The investigators who filled out the arrest affidavit wrote the following, quote, story four has several interesting considerations. During the period of February 12th through the 14th, it was public knowledge, thanks to media coverage, that investigators were searching for Gannon in the area of Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road in Southern Douglas County near the El Paso County line. Letitia brought this location up on her own without prompt during a conversation and provided an alibi for why she was in that area. Letitia was adamant that investigators' efforts to search for Gannon in that area would be futile. This area turned out to be significant based on the Tiguan's location on January 28th and that Gannon's blood was found in this area, end quote. The following day, after telling Al four different versions of what happened, Letitia told him another version, including being tied up and being further abused by the suspect in her home. And Letitia admitted to Al that she lied about Gannon falling off the bike because she thought that's what he wanted to hear. For the following days, Letitia was talking to random friends and saying the strangest things. One day, she told her friend that she was telling Al random lies because she knew he wouldn't believe anything she said anyway. She confided in another friend that she was going to take a lie detector to prove her innocence. And then, on February 18th, our homegirl Letitia took to the internet yet again. This time, she visited a website, fakeholygraph.com. This website allows people to choose their own questions, location, and results. Then the website will send you a fake polygraph test certificate saying you passed. Letitia, well, she filled out the information, including a bunch of questions pertinent to Gannon's disappearance. She paid for the test, but she never received the results. And what does her dumbass do? She was probably refreshing every few minutes over and over, waiting for her test results. But when they never came in, Letitia called the company and was like, Hello, where are my polygraph results? Well, Letitia learned that management blocked the certificate because the questions that she had provided involved questions related to illegal activities. Some of the questions that Letitia added to her fake polygraph included one, Did you participate in any way in causing harm to your stepson? Answer, no. Did your stepson return with you to your house? Answer, yes. Did you participate in any way in causing the death of your stepson? Answer, no. If your heart is in the bottom of your stomach, same. (laughs) Hi everyone! For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney Castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4am workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4am and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru, Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code Mama Margo at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your cart and use my code Mama Margo. that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T, for 15% off. Enjoy, and when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. On February 21st, investigators and search teams in Colorado called off the search for Gannon in the area of Highway 105. About a week later, investigators felt that they had sufficient evidence, albeit without a body, to arrest Letitia for Gannon's murder. An arrest affidavit was filed and the affidavit was sealed and a gag order was put into place, probably because this case was receiving so much media attention at the time. And with that, on March 2nd, 2020, Letitia Stock was arrested in Horry County, South Carolina, and she was extradited back to Colorado, but she did not go quietly. According to reporting by People Magazine, on her extradition trip from South Carolina to Colorado, while inside a van, Letitia slipped out of her handcuffs and attacked a deputy. The trip was scheduled to take 45 hours, but was extended by 12 hours due to the attack. Now, I don't know if Letitia was charged for that offense against that deputy, but for her offenses against Gannon, she was originally charged with the following. One count of first degree murder of a child under 12, one count of child abuse resulting in death, one count of tampering with a body, one count of tampering with physical evidence. After Letitia's arrest, everyone looked at Gannon's family to hear their reaction. And here is the emotional statement from Landon, Gannon's mom.
2: Really, I'm not in their correct mindset to be even standing up here. But if I had to say one thing, that when he said Gannon is no longer with us, I'd have to say Gannon is with us. After the stories of people from all over the world, he's not only my hero now, he's a world's hero. So I think the community, the positive support, from a state that I've never visited other than two or three times. I'm astounded by the amount of love that's not come from me. It came from my boy. And never thought I'd be standing here. It's a nightmare. I've had to put trust in the people I don't know. Today I got the worst news and the best news. <laughs> Obviously, we know what the worst news is, but the best news is is that justice will be served. And I'll make sure that justice is served because my boy did not deserve any of this that has happened to him. So I urge media one more time, just to hold off on questions until we know that this person, the stepmom that I even trusted, that she will pay 100% for this heinous thing she done. And I know that that's going to be due, will be done. So I ask you guys, I beg and plead, if you if you've known or if you see this story, all of you have seen this story. Please hold that very close to you, <laughs> because I want to live this earth knowing that justice will serve for my boy. <laughs> and I know that you've seen pictures, you've seen stories, you've seen my little man. He is truly my hero, and I'm gladly giving that to you guys too, that he can be your hero. I've heard stories of people that have not prayed in years. <laughs> And have finally fell on their knees to pray. I know where my son's at, without a shadow of a doubt. So many families have been brought closer together because of this. I know my boy is special, and I've told my people and my family <coughs> and friends that Gannon has a testimony, that Gannon has a story. He's special. And this is his story. So make that story magnificent who my child is. And I'm putting my trust into you guys to do that. So thank you for allowing Gannon to be your hero and sharing him with us.
1: It should come as no surprise that after Letitia was charged with Gannon's murder within days, Al filed for a divorce. He cited his son's death as the reason and basically was like, you ain't getting shit from me. Of course, his lawyers were much more polite than that. In their divorce filings, Al also demanded that she return their three to four month puppy. So even after Letitia's arrest, the question remained where was Gannon? We wouldn't know the answer for weeks. And then on March 18th, a worker found a suitcase in a marshy wetland under the Escambia River Bridge near Pensacola, Florida. When they popped open the suitcase, they made a gruesome discovery. It was a badly decomposing body. The body was fully clothed and had been wrapped in a blanket. Inside the suitcase with the body was a pillow. An autopsy revealed that this was the body of Gannon's stock. He had been wrapped in the same blankets seen in his bed in the picture that Letitia took of Gannon on her phone. The pillow inside the suitcase, well, it had two bullet holes in it. Gannon's autopsy revealed the following. It revealed a fractured skull, a gunshot wound to the lower jaw, 18 sharp force injuries to the chest and back, defensive wounds on his hands, including cuts on his hands and arms. Gannon's cause of death was a gunshot wound. They believe that that nine mm that was found at Letitia's house was the murder weapon. Gannon also suffered blunt force trauma to the head. Two days after Gannon's body was recovered, more charges were filed against Letitia, including the combined charges of two counts of first degree murder one for murder, the other for murdering a child under 12, one count of child abuse resulting in death, one count of tampering with a body, one count of tampering with physical evidence, and eight enhancements of a crime of violence two for using a firearm, two for using a blunt instrument, two for using a knife and two, for fleeing the scene of a first-degree murder. After Gannon was found, Al Stock released a statement through his church. As reported by the Daily Mail, Al's statement read as follows, quote, I would like to take this opportunity to reach out to the community here in Colorado and all over the nation to express my deepest gratitude and true heartfelt appreciation for the overwhelming support. Many of you have either requested or inquired about information from me or interaction with me throughout these past two months. As you can tell from the initial missing child report to the arrest and charges in early March, and now the wonderful yet gut-wrenching news that Gannon's body has been recovered. This has been a heartbreaking and absolutely devastating time period in my life. I am a very private person anyways, but balancing my desire to show my great appreciation and my need to cope with the continually evolving devastation has not been easy. I thank each member of the community and media that has respected my privacy and need to process everything that has happened. Al concluded, quote, to those who are loving, supportive and peaceful, thank you a million times over and God bless you all. I will more than likely not give any public interviews or statements until the end of the case. But I thank you all in advance for respecting my approach. End quote. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in the detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. It has been over two years since charges were brought against Letitia, but the trial has still not taken place. On June 5th of 2020, Letitia's defense raised the issue of Letitia's competency and an evaluation was ordered. A few months later, in August of 2020, Letitia wrote a letter to the judge informing him she was unhappy with her defense. She didn't like the fact that she had to speak to her attorneys on the phone and she knew her calls were being listened in on. She claimed to be innocent and vowed to prove it. She also told the judge she was a pillar in her community in South Carolina. Letitia claimed to have been abused by jail staff roughly 15 times during transport. She also complained that she had to drink and shore for two weeks, quote, due to the poison comments, end quote. I'm assuming someone threatened to poison her in prison. Letitia complained that she was receiving threats in her food by runners and she was terrified in prison. She said her constitutional rights were being infringed upon. She said she was wrongfully persecuted and she was a soldier for Christ. And she herself needed to repair her mental state and grieve. Well, on September 1st, 2020, Letitia Stock was found competent to stand trial. But either her or her attorneys were like, no, let's try again. And a new competency evaluation was ordered. In January of 2021, the results were the same. Letitia was found competent to stand trial. A month later, in February of 2021, Letitia wrote to the judge yet again and she told him her attorneys were such trash. She wanted to represent herself. Oh, goodness. There's a lot of rambling in the letter. But at one point she wrote, quote, although I had bouts of insanity and still do, I did not murder or abuse anyone, nor would that be a defense because it's my understanding that you actually did do it. And quote, what? What? What does that even mean? Letitia continued in her letter, and I'm going to read a little chunk of it. Quote. The truth is the court is holding the wrong person and for the wrong crimes. This whole process has been nefarious from denying me an attorney, threatening me in the bathroom away from cameras to confess, taking advantage of me being delusional, threatening my other kids freedom or else, etc. I am going to keep making it known, sir, just how much the state has done in this wrongful incarceration. I will continue to be an advocate for myself because I am not a murderer. And the level that the prosecution goes through to promote a wrongful conviction is absurd. Truth is, they could see a video from someone else and they would dismiss that person as a lunatic. They have far too much invested in this wrongful incarceration to admit they were or wrong. For these reasons, and because my defense team is in cahoots with them, I am left with no other choice but to represent myself. Denying me my right under the Constitution has happened throughout this process, from the detectives, the jail, and now my legal team. Every day, I am getting worse mentally due to inadequate representation and being held hostage for a crime I did not commit, End quote. Later that same month, a hearing was held, and the judge ruled in favor of allowing Letitia to represent herself. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Letitia. After the big win, Letitia was granted access to the law library. But after several refusals to use her library time, she was removed from the law library list. And with that, in April 21, Letitia requested a public defender and one was appointed to her. As reported by KDVR earlier this year, 2022, Letitia pled not guilty by reason of insanity. For months, we have waited with bated breath for the results of the sanity evaluation. And the court received those results in early August of 2022, and they set a date in late August to go over them. However, on August 25th, CBS Colorado reported that Letitia's sanity evaluation was not released. They also reported that Letitia's attorneys have requested a second mental health evaluation, and 4th Judicial District Judge Gregory Werner said a new Hearing For September 15th, I will keep everyone posted on my social media about what happens with Letitia. But I do have to tell you one more thing. Apparently, Letitia hates jail so much that she planned an escape. I got my hands on a completely different affidavit that says that in May of 2020, while Letitia was being held at the El Paso County Jail in Colorado Springs, Letitia sent letters to another inmate detailing her plans to escape from jail. She wanted the lady's help and even offered her money. What in the world, girl? Just stop. Like, really, just stop. At trial, which may or may not happen in 2023, there will be a ton of evidence to present. First, by way of body-worn cameras that recorded that very first interaction between cops and Letitia, There's going to be home security video footage from the neighborhood, as well as from Petco, the rental car companies, and anywhere else that Letitia went in those next few days. That Volkswagen Carnet data, that's definitely going to come up. Cell phone data will definitely come up. There will be a lot of forensic experts who will testify about the blood and where it was found and how much. Oh, and let's not forget about the police interview where Letitia gave the story about Eduardo. And then by the end of it, she was stuffing tissues down her pants. I mean, that's a video, I bet. The jury will have to endure seeing photos of Gannon's body when he was found. I am sure that Harley will testify in trial, maybe not against her mother, but about things she did for or with her mother, such as picking up cleaning supplies and driving from Colorado to Florida to South Carolina. So I gave you a lot of information today. And I apologize if it was piecemeal. I wanted to give you the information kind of at the same pace that the media was releasing it back when this was all happening in 2020, but also at the same time telling you what the investigators were doing behind the scenes, according to the arrest affidavit. Investigators, in my personal opinion, did an amazing job piecing this case together. It's kind of a hard case to follow because of all the investigative steps that were going on at the same time. And you might be wondering, what do investigators even believe happened? And here it is. According to what I've read in the media and also the arrest affidavit, they believe that Gannon was alive on the morning of January 27th, that Monday. He did miss school. He did go in the car to the Petco with Letitia, but he stayed in the car when she went and purchased whatever it is that she purchased. Even though surveillance does not show Gannon returning home, Investigators believe that Gannon was alive after Petco and did return home that day. They believe that it was when they got home between 2 and 3 p.m. that that was when Letitia attacked Gannon in his room, whereas she shot him. Clearly, he fought back because of the defensive wounds on his body and then she stabbed him 18 times. They believe Letitia shoved him in a suitcase, then dragged the suitcase through the house and up to the garage where she put the suitcase in her Volkswagen. Then she cleaned up the mess that was in his room and leading up to the garage and eventually called the police. The following morning, likely with Gannon still in the Volkswagen, they believe Letitia parked the Volkswagen in the short-term parking lot and then rented the Kia to pick up her husband because Gannon was dead in the Volkswagen. That night, January 28th, they believe Letitia picked up her Volkswagen from the airport parking, drove to that area out by Highway 105, disposed of the suitcase with Gannon's body in there, and then left. She parked her Volkswagen, because it was still dirty, in the parking lot of the Massage Envy, and that's when she called her daughter to come pick her up. The following morning, they believe Letitia returned the rental Kia, returned to her Volkswagen at Massage Envy, went to the car wash, and then showed up at the police station. That's where her phone and car were seized. Then Letitia got the rental car from her aunt. She returned to the area in Highway 105 to retrieve the suitcase with Gannon's body, using that piece of plywood to either put the body back in the car or whatever it was. Then they believe that on January 30th, she rented the van, and on February 1st, she left to Florida, arriving around the 4th. Investigators believe that that's where Letitia threw the suitcase with Gannon's body into the water and then fled to South Carolina. Gannon is surely missed by his entire family and the community. In 2021, his middle school dedicated a memorial wall to Gannon. On it is a dark green plaque. The top of it reads, quote, Gone Yet Not Forgotten. Although we are apart, your spirit lives within us, forever in our hearts, end quote. The plaque at the bottom reads, quote, Every child you encounter is a divine appointment, end quote, written by Wes Stafford. Below the plaque is a picture of Gannon with a bright smile wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I will keep everyone posted on my social media as we hear more about Letitia stock. So be sure to follow me on social on Instagram at military murder podcast. Just a reminder to all that I do have a Patreon and an Apple premium subscription where for as little as $5 a month, you get the entire back catalog of bonus episodes, which at this point is 24 and you get every single episode all the way from episode one, completely ad free. You also get access to monthly bonus content. This show was created by Mama Margot Productions. This episode was researched in collaboration with Haley Gray Research. Military Murder is produced in collaboration with my Bootcamp Camp and Hire fan club members. The music was created by Tie Ups. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of. So remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week and I'll keep digging to bring you another Military Murder story next time.
0: working on our podcast.
1: I don't want to.